All right, today we're going to talk about a cause bigger than yourself, a cause bigger than yourself. The truth is today we live in a culture of self-focus. We live in a culture that's self-serving. We're all about our self-satisfaction above everything else. People today are focused on getting mine and it's about my things and my rights and all the stuff that would bring me satisfaction. And really today we live in a culture where we worship the God of self. And you look today, look at how we act, look at what we chase, look at our priorities. We are totally uh, in our world today, self-focused and self-driven. Even when it comes to our religious practice today, look around today and we have corrupted the truth of the gospel. And we now, many times in our churches in the world we're calling Christian today, uh, we, we profess the gospel of me. And it's all about Jesus, uh, that you would bless me and that you would serve me and that, that you would honor me and you would exalt me. And, and we've made ourselves the kings of even our religious practice. We are the lords of our religious practice. And you watch today, our relationship with Christ is about his service to us instead of the other way around. Then you watch the natural outflow of that. Man, we're self-focused and we're self-serving and then our, our gospel is the gospel of me and we're interested in how Jesus can serve us. And then look how that, that translates into the church today. Uh, we, we look for churches in how they can serve us. And we really wouldn't say that, but you look around today and how people choose churches and we want to know, what, what am I going to get from the church? What is the church going to do for me? What is the church going to provide for me? And it's almost like we're shopping uh, when we go to the mall. And we, we sit around and say, you know what, I, I want the music to be like this. And, and I want a preacher that makes me feel good. And I, I want entertainment for my kids and, and entertainment for the youth. And, and what do you have in your church for me? And that's really how we go and pick our churches today. Uh, even in the church, it's still all about ourselves. Well, here's the truth today. Do you know if your cause in life is yourself, even if you succeed, you truly fail? That's the truth. If your cause in life is yourself and that's what you're focused on, even if you succeed in your life, you truly fail. Because the truth is this, God calls for his people. Now listen to this, as followers of Jesus Christ, he calls us to take up a cause bigger than ourselves. Now the world doesn't like that. Our old self, our old nature doesn't like that. But the truth is again, As Christians, we are called to serve and to commit to a cause bigger than ourselves. Today, we're going to continue. We're going verse by verse to the book of 1 Peter. Uh, We're letting God lead us as we go every every single verse. We're letting him speak to us uh, through his word. And and we're just taking in his message to us as we move through the verses. Today, we're going to continue on. We're in 1 Peter chapter 2, looking at verses 18, 19, and 20. I want to encourage you every week, if you've got a Bible, bring that, and and we're going to move through these verses. Again, today, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18, 19, and 20. I'm going to read those together, and then we'll come back and look at those verses. It says this. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. For this finds favor, if for the sake of conscience towards God, a person bears up 
under sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if when you do what is right and suffer for it and patiently endure, this finds favor with God. Again, we're going to look at these verses piece by piece. Let's go back and let's start looking at the 18th verse. Listen to this verse again. It says this, servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. Now, we're not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to tell you, this is talking to slaves. Verse 18 is talking to slaves. In this time period, in this culture, uh, honestly, most of the workforce was made up of slaves. In fact, many of the converts, if not most of the converts to Christianity, uh, were slaves, were themselves slaves. And so God addresses how to live as a slave. Now, let me say this today, and you can be sure and you can take this to the bank. Nowhere does God in His Word call for or endorse slavery. Now you be sure and take that to the bank. Nowhere in the word of God does he call for slavery. Nowhere does he endorse slavery. Now there was a time and there may have been other times when people would take verses like these and they would use these verses to advance the cause of slavery. Today, there's people, when you're talking to them about the God of the Bible, they'll say, well, how do I put any faith or any stock in a God that would endorse and promote slavery? Be sure and hear me today. Slavery is the practice of sinful man. And God in his word does not call for it and he does not endorse it. But for these slaves who are accepting Jesus Christ, he does tell them how to live in it. So let's look at the verse. Servants, slaves. He says in verse 18, be submissive and show respect. He says to the good and gentle master, but also, here's the crazy part, to the wicked, unreasonable, really in our words, just sorry master. You, you be submissive to, to that person. You show respect to that person. Now, here's the point of all this. The goal is for the slave who follows Jesus Christ to live in a way that the master would also find and follow Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? Their goal was not for self-preservation. Their goal was not for self-satisfaction. The goal is for the slave who follows Jesus Christ to live in a way that the master would also find and follow Jesus Christ. Very simply, in the 18th verse, the truth is this. This slave serves a cause bigger than himself. Do you know our goal as followers of Jesus Christ, as Christians, is to lead people to faith in Jesus Christ? Sometimes we think, well, my goal is this, and my goal is something this, and and I want to worship, and I want to do these things. Do you know your goal as a follower of Jesus Christ is to lead people to our Lord and Savior? And every decision that you make, every action that you undertake, every word that you speak, every response that you would offer up has to be shaped and has to be tempered by that goal. We say, well, what about me? What about what I want? What about what I desire? Listen to me, it's not about that. 
That's not our cause. That's not the cause we're in. The Bible says the cause that we're in is that we will be his witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. The Bible says our goal is that we would go into all the nations and we would make disciples, teaching them to observe all things as Christ has commanded us. Our goal as Christians is that they would hear the gospel, which is still the power of God unto salvation. Listen to me. Hear this today. As Christians... We serve a cause bigger than ourselves. We're to be on that mission. That's the cause that we're to be serving. Now, I want you to think about this verse 18 for just a second. Do you think these slaves like being slaves? Do you think these slaves liked hearing this message from Peter? You know what they would have rather heard? They'd have rather heard you serve a risen Savior, Jesus Christ, and you're free and you're no longer a slave. But instead they're told here, you know what? You serve a cause that's bigger than yourself. And you live in a manner that you would lead that person, in fact, all people, into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what? We're no different. We serve a cause that's bigger than ourselves. Here's the question. So what cause are you on? I'm going to be real right here for just a second. And I'll just tell you the truth as a Christian. I'm going to tell you, talking to grown men here. If you're not actively trying to lead people to Jesus Christ, and I'm talking about using your mouth, you're not on the right mission. That's what the verse is telling us. That's what the context is telling us here. We said, well, I'm going to live good and they might see Christ or I'm going to take care of my family and I'll, I'll ship them off to church sometime. Listen to me, the truth is this. If you're not trying to lead people to Jesus Christ as a follower of Jesus Christ, you're not on the right mission. Let me tell you this. If half the men in this room if half the men in this room decide, you know what, I'm tired of serving myself and I'm tired of serving a cause that's going nowhere and I'm tired of burning up days on a, on a focus that's not going to take us anywhere and if we decided, you know what, I'm going to live and I'm going to wake up and how I act and how I talk and the decisions I make are going to be f based upon the fact that I serve a cause to lead people to Jesus Christ. If half the people in this room, if half the men in this room got under that, you know what, we'd change Vernon, Texas in 30 days, I promise you. In fact, it'd pour out of Vernon, Texas. We'd see a revival move across our nation if half the people in this room said, you know what, I serve a cause that is bigger than myself and I'm gonna lead people to Jesus Christ. That's verse 18. We're just barely getting going. Verse 19 says this, for this finds favor. Now I wanna stop for here just a second. Finds favor. This is talking about something that's favorable in the sight of the Lord. He sees this as favorable. That's what it's talking about. Let me think, ask you to think about this. Would you rather have the favor, the favorable opinion of the world or a favorable opinion of yourself or would you rather be favorable in the sight of the living God? Continues on. For this finds favor, if for the sake of conscience toward God. If for the sake of conscience toward God. Now what that's talking about is how you see God. If this finds favor if by how you see God and really how you see God drives who you are. That's, that's a biblical truth. You know what? How you see God ought to drive who you are. It ought to drive the mission that you undertake. It ought to drive your commitment to that mission. See, the problem is today, some of us aren't seeing God as he is. You know what? He, he saved me. That's good. You know what? I, I might please him. I might not. That's fine. He'll get over it. 
You know what, how I live doesn't really matter. I've got many days and, and I've got more pressing things right now. We'll square up later. And we're seeing God in the wrong light. We ought to be astounded by living, active, true, loving, gracious, powerful God. And that ought to drive our conscience in who we are. Listen to the verse. For this finds favor. If for the sake of conscience towards God, a person bears up, talks about stands up under, bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. Let me tell you the truth here. And evidently it's not very popular, so nobody's going to say it. But I'm going to just tell you the truth today. It's this. If you take up this cause that is bigger than yourself, and if you decide you're going to stand on the truth of God's word, and if you decide that you're going to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you're going to tell people, you know what, I don't care what's politically correct, I don't care what's generally accepted, but our hope is in Jesus Christ alone. If you take up that cause, here's the truth, you will suffer unjustly for it, and that's going to bring you sorrow. That's what the Bible says. If you take up that cause and you commit to that cause and you're standing for the good news of Jesus Christ, you're going to suffer unjustly and that's going to bring you sorrow. Now, what do these guys know? You know, the guy that wrote this was crucified upside down, naked. Think about that. What does he know? His good friend, Paul, had his head cut off. Paul, you've been beaten. You've been put in prison. Paul, it's time to quit talking about a risen Savior, Jesus Christ. He won't be silent. They cut his head off. You know, the guy that starts this church in Jerusalem, the church that, that Peter now leads at the time that he writes this, his head is smashed in with rocks. And these guys tell us, you know what? You will suffer unjustly if you stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ and it will bring you sorrow. Let me give you my insight right here. Stay hooked right here for just a second. The Bible says, and it's all the way through the New Testament, if you profess the gospel you will suffer unjustly. Not deservedly, you'll suffer unjustly and that's gonna bring sorrow. The world can't stand it. The world can't tolerate it. The world is opposed to it. Satan is gonna attack it. And if you profess the gospel of Jesus Christ and you decide that's gonna be my mission and if you'll stand for that cause, you will suffer unjustly. Now I see some of these guys and I hear some of them talking and they're saying, you know what this gospel is going to bring you? This gospel is going to bring you wealth. This gospel is going to bring you money. This gospel, if you'll, if you'll profess it, you're going to prosper. And God wants you to have all the things that the world wants you to have. And the, God wants you to have the success that the world would tell you is success. I want to tell you, if you find a person and that's what they're preaching, that's not the biblical gospel. In fact, let me just tell you, you better run from that person. You see, the Bible says this. When you take a stand for the truth, the truth always divides. The Bible says there's salvation in no other name except for Jesus Christ. That's offensive. And if you'll take a stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will suffer unjustly and it'll bring you sorrow. Moving to verse 20. Can't sell very many books with that message. <laughs> for what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. Verse 20, I'm going to read that again. It really just kind of explains it a little bit further. For what credit is it? Well, it's not a big deal if you sin and you suffer for that. That's our punishment. 
For what credit is there if when you sin, you're harshly treated? You endure it with patience. But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. When we take up this cause that is bigger than ourselves, when we submit to and we sacrifice ourselves in the example of Christ for the cause, and when the world can't stand it, and when we begin to suffer for it, verse 20 tells us what to do. Sometimes I wonder, well, what are we supposed to do? What, what, what am I going to do? I don't know if I can take much more of this. I don't know how we're going to take much more of this. The pressure is, is mounting on us. When the world can't stand it, and when Satan attacks, here's what we do according to verse 20. It says this, we patiently endure it. Now that's hard, but that's what the Bible tells us to do. We patiently, we calmly endure it, knowing that our Lord sees. We patiently endure it, knowing that our God is pleased. He's pleased. He says he shows favor upon that. He sees it favorably. We patiently endure, knowing that we're in his will. And the best place for us to be is in his will. And the Bible says we patiently endure. Now, when I read that, and I read these verses, it's tough. I, I read about a slave that would rather not be a slave, but you know what? He serves a mission bigger than himself. And he'd rather sacrifice himself and lead his master to Christ than to take up and free himself and go, go somewhere in, in self-approval. When I read this and it says, you know, a Christian's going to suffer and they're going to suffer not for the wrong thing. They're going to suffer for the right thing. And they're going to bring great sorrow. That suffering's going to bring sorrow to them. When I read these verses and I understand to be a Christian, we have to patiently endure it. Those are hard verses. But I want to tell you today when I read this, my heart grabs on to something here at the tail end of it, and it's this. Notice it says here, if, if we endure. See this today. If you endure something, that means that you endure it. It means that you pass through it. It means this. Listen to me today. We have endured it. We have passed through it. It means there will be a day when it is over. There'll be a day when you've been faithful to the message of Jesus Christ and you took up a cause that was bigger than yourself and you sacrificed your self-focus for a Jesus Christ focus and you've endured and Satan attacked you in the process and the world hated you in the process, but you endured and you've crossed through it. And you know what the Bible says about that day? In the book of James, it says, for those who endure, those who persevere, they will receive the crown of life. The Bible says in the book of, of 2 Timothy, Paul says, for those who stay the course and who finish the race, they're going to be laid up for them a crown of righteousness. Here's what Jesus, my Lord, says about this. He says on the day that you've endured and it has passed from behind you and you have faithfully stood that the master himself is going to say, well done. Now I want you to listen to the word. Well done, good and faithful slave. That's what it says. You've been faithful with the little things. You're now going to come and you're going to oversee the big things. Come into the joy of the Lord. That's the reward we seek. That's the cause that's worth serving. That's the mission we undertake. A purpose, a cause bigger than ourselves. Man, if I could just, if I could just get in your head, if, if just this part would say, yeah, we're in it. If just the front would say, yeah, it's going to be us. If just two tables said, we walk out of here with a burning desire to lead people to the only hope we have in Jesus Christ, our town would totally change. 
But we're going to be tempted just to go back to jobs. Just to go back to houses. Watch the rangers. What would it take for men to say, I commit to something bigger than myself? Let's be those men. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. I'm thankful for you. And I just, I just tell you, I'm thankful that you didn't write me off. That you loved me and you forgave me and you offer forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And though I turned against you and broke my relationship through Christ, he comes and he picks up my sins and he bears my sin to the cross of Calvary that I might be redeemed, that I might be made right with the Holy God. I'm thankful for the forgiveness of sin through Christ. I'm thankful for redemption through Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that I have hope because of Jesus. But I also know that you didn't just leave us here to stand and bask in the hope, but you called us to take up a cause and to tell lost people suffering people, hurting people, searching people about the hope we have in Jesus Christ. I pray as we read this verse today about a slave that would have rather been freed but instead took up a cause greater than himself, I pray that we also would sacrifice, we would serve, we would commit that a lost world would see Jesus Christ. We love you, we praise you, we thank you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen.